1: and gentlemen listen to those sounds yes listen to the relaxing sound of the ocean here it is here comes here comes a wave for you oh this is going to be the most relaxing minnesota ever recorded.
0: As it should be. Yeah. We're looking at dolphins breaching and... Do- like, literally, we're looking at dozens of dolphins. Kurt and I are recording together for <laughs> the first time since episode two with Albertina Rizzo. Yes. We are socially distanced. Yes. We are COVID-tested, even. We are
1: COVID-tested, even, and we are outside on a, on a deck overlooking the Pacific Ocean. Yes. It's election day. Scotty has come out to the beach to get away from it
0: all. Yes, I... I decided I wanted to look at something beautiful, no matter which way it goes, and we'll know. I think this comes out in just a couple days, but we're staring at seals jumping, at dolphins harvesting fish, at locals already getting drunk at 11 a.m.
1: <laughs> Welcome to another Bananas mini Oh, my God, where we go through your stories and give, us, and give you some of our stories, too. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we pepper in some of our stuff. <laughs> You got a good one?
0: Uh, I can start us off. And I will tell you and our Bananimals that this one has a video component. All right. I'm going to play the video. It has a popular song. Well, it has a song that used to be popular on it. All right. So we have been given permission by Thomas, who sent it in, Uh and we will post it on our Instagram. So listen to this. We're going to get Kurt's reaction as he watches this video in real time, and then you get to enjoy it maybe simultaneously i will say listen to it now anyways this one comes from thomas mcintyre okay kurt and scotty anchorage alaska listener checking in with a story that should humor you a little background i like to climb rocks i also like to make dumb video edits of what i do while at the rock gym my friend was working as a criminal investigator Ooh, little murderino overlap oh yeah uh, my friend was working as a criminal investigator for the state, Alaska, and was dealing with a case involving someone allegedly entering a house through a window to do bad things. Uh, she and her defense lawyer weren't convinced a normal person could enter the house through said window. I was then tapped to see if I, a, a pretty, normal person, <laughs> a, a pretty good climber, and an all around great guy, um, could do it. Fast forward. This case is actually going to trial. And because my trip to that window had become a critical piece of the defense argument, we are also fast forwarding to me being called to testify as an expert climbing witness. Whoa, okay. Okay. So there's a hard to reach window in a house. It's like on a first floor or something like that. And they believe that the person who maybe did it came through that window. Crawled through the window. But... The court can't just take my word for it, meaning that he's a climbing expert. The defense has to establish me as an expert climber. I was escorted into the courtroom, sworn in, grilled about my climbing history, and then, to prove I was not to be taken lightly on this one, one of my climbing edits was played in front of the state's most conservative judge (laughs) and jury and everyone else in attendance. After viewing this video, I was officially ruled an expert climber by the state of Alaska. Okay. Okay. So All we're right. going to pause here. I'm going to ask everyone listening that does know our Instagram, The Bananas Podcast, to go and watch this video. Kurt, here is an earpiece. Here's my earpod. Okay. In one uh, moment. This
1: one? Right in here? Yeah. Okay. And then
0: just, just push play. And I'm going to let Kurt watch this about 30-second okay. video, and you should too, Bananimals. Kurt is now watching the video presented in front of the Alaskan
1: conservative judge. No way. No way. (laughs) He is an expert climber. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Kurt, describe what you're seeing. Describe what you're seeing. He's throwing himself... (laughs) It's that bomb-ba-dom, diggy-diggy-dom, ba-ba-dom, ba-dom, dom Is this Rob Zombie? It's Kid Rock. It's Kid Rock. Rock. Ball with the ball. Which? We oh, my do- God. He is throwing himself <laughs> from, like, I've never seen anyone climb like this, and I watched Free Solo.
0: <laughs> this
1: guy, he is doing the... The Kid Rock version of climbing a wall. (laughs) He's bouldering like a madman. He's swinging by, from like grabbing with his arms and then swinging and then grabbing something like eight feet away with his arms again. That was amazing. So, okay. Also, I'm so happy that 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 was shown in in a U.S. court. And
0: it allowed him to be considered... So for those of you who hate our Instagram and will never look at it, the video (laughs) is about 45 (laughs) seconds of Thomas McIntyre A.K.A. at hella Screens, um, over Kid Rock's song "Ball with the Ball," <laughs> slinging himself like on a bouldering wall from grip to grip. His hair is long, yeah. and dark. He looks like a metalhead.
1: Yeah, it's really truly wonderful. I, lo- I love. Okay, so I'll so, fill you story. in with the
0: rest of the story. Yeah, um, the defendant was found not guilty on all counts. Uh, And I had a lot to do with it. Apparently, the jury found me, the weird, long-haired, rock-climbing freak, extremely credible, (laughs) and I created such enough reasonable doubt around the window, being such an easy entrance, they found them not guilty. Um Glad you guys dig it. Love the podcast. I hope to continue my work as an expert climbing witness. No, seriously. They told me playground manufacturers might be interested in my services. Thomas at
1: Hella Screens. Thank you so much. Oh, Thomas, that is great. What a what a wonderful. I mean, like, yeah. I'm just saying, like immediately. I'm like, can you make a living out of that? Probably not, because you probably don't get paid to to, to appear in court. Yes, uh, but. Still, it's a great thing to have on the resume, Thomas. He Slings
0: his body from rock indoor rock climbing handle like bouldering. Like if anybody's ever seen a gibbon, a gibbon yes. like those long-armed apes or monkeys or whatever that just swing wildly. That's what he was doing. Thomas was doing that, and I love it. I so love it so much. Much. It's also funny that like it makes sense, and that's kind of what you want. When you watch your datelines, you watch those kind of things, they're like, could a regular person climb in through that window? Is such a cool thing to have to test, and yeah. they get called to do it. Amazing.
1: I would love to... I, I feel like I would like to climb rocks. Do you you'd know... What, be, have you ever felt that feeling?
0: Yes, yeah, sometimes I feel that feeling in a real way.
1: Yeah, but I've never... I remember they opened a rock climbing wall. We had... Our show Hot Tub was in Gowanus, Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. and we moved to a place called Littlefield off of a DeGraw Street Mm -hmm. at a time when it was primarily just like... There was like a fish sorting facility, so it always smelled like dead fish. Right. There was nothing on the block. Nothing. It was all industrial. Very scary. When we started. And then like the first thing that came in after we had started the show... Was a climbing wall directly and across the street? Directly right? across yeah. the street, or like a little bit down? And then it was like the climbing wall was just like, bah, and then it was like brrr, every every place was filled on that block. Yes, within so climbing walls are the uh, are the harbingers of gentrification. Yes, <laughs> when,
0: when I was in high school, I had uh, the girl I was dating was this really nice girl whose parents were I would say very. Open-minded and liberal, like they would let us hang out in her bedroom, and Uh-oh. just, but they would, they wouldn't let me over when they were not away. there. Okay, very resp- understandable, right? But so what I would do is I would park up the street behind a Methodist church. It ironically, was the Methodist church that my grandmother used to sing in the choir, mm-hmm. and I'd walk down to her house, and then we would wait and see the. Uh, headlights come in to the driveway knowing her parents came back home from going out with friends or whatever and I would hide and the parents would like check on the kids or uh-huh. she had younger siblings and I would bury I would hide in her closet under laundry <laughs> so she had a pile of laundry just like no hamper and I would lay on the ground and cover myself in her clothes and just hear like the footsteps and like the mom or dad kind of just checked to make sure everybody was home and safe and then they'd go to bed so one night, this is happening, and Wait, How often did you do this? Oh, my senior year in high school, probably. I mean, as as often as they went out. So maybe wow. weekly, or wow. maybe like every Thursday. Nice work. I, yeah, I was working
1: in a bike shop. It's also a good lesson as a parent. Yes. To like always have a stick. You know, like a to weapon. just no, just like a stick <laughs> to just like go through the laundry. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like if you, like you can't be complacent. On making sure there's no boys in the room. Yes. You have to, like, get a stick and got to dig under stuff. Anything soft, poke it hard. Poke it hard. So, Make sure they're not there.
0: One night, they go out. And her dad was a nice guy, but he was a big guy. Like, he could have easily kicked my butt if he wanted to. Oh, boy. Um, and so we missed the cue. Oh, Bananas Phone's ringing. Yeah, answer it live. Okay, here we go. I'm going to answer go. it live. It's coming from Colorado. Colorado Bananas Phone. Bananas Phone, this is Scotty. Oh, hey, how are, you? how are you?
1: I'm good, Scotty, how are you?
0: You are on our next mini-sode. I'm sitting here with Kurt, and we're recording, and I'm holding my phone up to the microphone. So you are the first animal on the Bananas phone to be on the podcast.
1: dun da, dun Hey, everybody.
0: How are you feeling? Good day, bad I'm day? I'm
1: real good. Oh, it's a great day. I'm getting ready to teach my first piano lesson of the day, and I thought, what better to do with my time than call the Banana phone? That's great. What's your name? Sarah
0: Sexton. Sarah Sexton calling for, well, we don't have to dox you, but what state are you calling from?
1: Colorado. Yeah, baby. We love
0: Colorado. Were you listening to an episode and then you just called in?
1: Absolutely. I listened to it earlier today.
0: Thank you so much. This is Kurt's first experience hearing the bananas
1: phone. So many firsts. Hi, Kurt. It's beautiful. I can't, I didn't hear it because the waves were crashing in the background. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff going on right now.
0: Yes. Well, thank you for calling. Uh, it's been one minute and ten seconds, but have a great piano lesson, and thanks for listening.
1: Thanks for making the podcast. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Bye. 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 See, it's that easy, folks. You can call the banana phone anytime you want. I pick up uh,
0: so often. So, so I'm home, we miss the headlight signal, and we hear the backsliding doors open, oh, and I go to the closet, and there's no laundry uh-oh. there's nowhere for me to hide uh-oh so i do what any uh
1: revved up hormonal so are you are you guys in the middle of making out we 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 were hanging out at this point hanging i think out. whatever so we were sex up to had happened already yes yeah um
0: some we whatever had happened it happened the dirty deed was done i and there's only one way in and one way out one staircase to we we're second floor
1: and you didn't go for under the, under the bed Or do they check under the bed? It
0: was also the way that the door opened, I would have been busted. So I did what any uh, revved up, egomaniacal 17-year-old did. I opened the window. I spotted a tree. It was a white pine. And I made a leap. (sighs) This leap was, if you can imagine trying to catch a bag of sand with the bottom open. I grabbed
1: at the tree with both arms, sort of wrapped generally branches. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So you try you just jumped <laughs> chest chest into the trunk of a tree
0: <laughs> flying squirrel sugar glider style <laughs> to save my life.
1: Not even a Grabbing a branch or hopping onto a branch. This is just a leap of faith. This is a cartoon version of how to jump onto a tree.
0: Yeah, and it was uh, white pines are pretty soft for those that don't. And for our international listeners, they are the worst Christmas trees because they're so sappy and bowy that you put stuff on it and it hangs down. Yeah. So that's where I jump out. Probably a 20 foot tree. Not a far jump, four or five feet jump, but out of an open window. Uh-huh. She's putting the screen back on <gasps> while like footsteps are coming, like, I'm here. And I'm f- tumbling down, like <laughs> ro- <laughs> just rolling to my demise, hit on the flat of my back, perfect landing, but knocked the wind out of me. So then I'm
1: wheezing and jogging up to behind a church just to drive away in my little Toyota Corolla. And you guys did not get caught? We didn't get caught. Oh, my God, that's amazing. That's but- so beautiful. Also, to be able to run... After having the wind knocked out of you? Like oh. that's an amazing feat. It was adrenaline.
0: It was yeah. the fear of it was the fear of dad uh uh-huh. was in me. But then also because this was pre cell phone, uh, and it was I was gonna get home probably right at my curfew, I didn't know if she got caught because you couldn't just text and be like, He didn't know. Yeah. They didn't know. So I just got got home, drove home and just waited to the next morning to be like, Well, I might not see her for two weeks if she gets <laughs> grounded. But yeah, I just flying squirrel and just kinda of rolled down this tree about fifteen <laughs> or twenty feet. And just thudded and ran like a prisoner.
1: Oh my God. I am you lived an eighties teen sex comedy. You uh, really yes, did. I
0: It felt that way. And honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way.
1: No, I mean, it it made you the man you are today. Yeah, weirdly. Are are you ready for a story there, Scotty? Boy, Kurt, when you tell me stories,
0: my whole life lights up.
1: (laughs) Here we go. This is a fantastic one. This is coming in, you know, uh, this is coming in from Ariana. Uh, Ariana. On the bananas phone. On the bananas phone. Hi, Scotty. Love the podcast. I have an absolutely bizarre story to tell for a Mm minisode. I live in a beach city in SoCal and we have a ton of mom and pop run coffee shops sure. that make their own pastries and desserts. I frequent my favorite quite often and would routinely go there for an evening coffee and chat with the barista there. One night I walked in and ordered my usual and saw that half of their cheesecake was gone, okay. which was so odd to me. <laughs> the cheesecake is good, but I had never seen it almost gone in 2 years I'd been a customer. Okay. I chatted with the barista and she motioned to the left where I saw a man sitting at a table. He was tall and thin and was dressed like a pirate. He was wearing the works, a pirate hat, eye patch, blouse, eyeliner, leather vest, leather pants, etc. We're talking Johnny Depp pirate. Oh, yeah. Not like, not our pirate. Yeah. He also had on multiple rings on each finger. Normal. Sitting next to him on the table was a piece of cheesecake, and he had (laughs) two to three knives and forks next to the plate. This is a great detail. Two to three knives and forks. I then saw him dig his hands into the piece of cheesecake and shove it into his mouth. Sure. The barista and I watched him eat the whole piece in horror. She told me that he (laughs) had been there for three hours... And that he was the one that had eaten half of the cheesecake. Uh-huh. She also said that her and another barista had seen it, and they gave him silverware thinking he would use it, but I guess he decided not to. Oh, my gosh. I went back the next day, and they said he finished the entire cheesecake wow. on his own. Wow! I never saw the guy again, but I hope that he's eating an entire cheesecake wherever he goes wow. next. Thanks, again. Ariana, this is... A beautiful story. Perfectly bananas podcast story. Thank you. This is banana of the week easy. Yes. I mean, my only guess here is that it was either, it's one of two things. Okay. Either a dare. Okay. Like, if you lose, you have to dress as a pirate and eat an entire cheesecake. Yes. Or just beautiful, silent public performance art. Local weirdo telling a story. His
0: life becomes a story.
1: Yeah. I love this. As you all know, Scotty and I are big fans of uh, public performance art as comedy. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I realized, before we started recording, that we really, I never really told the full story of Chunk and Changwin. Or at all. You're going to have to say it again. To Chunk and Changwin. Chunk and Changwin. So, Changwin was half chicken, half penguin. He was about... <laughs> Nine feet tall, and he laid eggs, uh, real chicken eggs, out of his butt. Okay. And uh, Chunk was about nine and a half feet tall. He's half chicken, half skunk. Okay. And he shot water out of his tail. Of course. And uh, I played Chunk. My buddy, Matt Murphy, played Changwin. And this is 1999 in New York City. It was the early days of the UCB, and they had an email. Uh Uh-huh an email server like you could just email it and it would go out to this group uh, right yes before any you know other sorts of right. things right like before we all existed. learn to
0: hate text chains and stuff yeah
1: and so i see this email on the fucking ucb <laughs> email chain in 1999 where it just says half chicken half penguin looking for brother half chicken half skunk <laughs> Can, are you him and I apparently, and I don't even remember, but I apparently immediately emailed him. I was like, yes, uh, I, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I recently was a giant monkey with a big blue dick, and I would love to do this, <laughs> uh, which was another job I had, which is another story for another time. Yeah. Uh, and so then I met Matt Murphy, who is now a lifelong friend. Yeah,
0: one of the greats.
1: He was building, he just had an idea okay. to sketch out this half chick, you know, this half- Chicken half penguin uh-huh. and then he built it okay. out of chicken wire yeah and feathers that he got yes and they're beautiful you know he it, Matt is just like a gorgeous artist and so he built this thing and then he like took it on for a walk right he was just like blown away by people 's reaction to it that he was like we need to have like a narrative oh, about this. oh i didn't know that's how that started yeah so guys
0: if you're picturing this it's very vertical they're almost there yeah. are costumes that these guys would wear that Weren't lifelike, but they were almost like lighthouses. They were like yes. tubular costumes that were very tall, black and white, half chicken, half skunk, half chicken, half penguins.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and so then he built... And we'll, we'll post <laughs> photos uh, on the Instagram yeah, as well amazing. for this. Yeah, And so the first So he's like What we'll do is And I was like I was super into it Because I was just all In this idea of like Psychogeography Like I was In 1999 I was way out there (laughs) I was like We need to Redefine public space In people's imaginations Yes (laughs) Yes And so I was like We need to like Take over public spaces With these And like change Like an intersection Into like a chicken A half chicken fight zone Experiential comedy Yeah Yeah so we started to do it. The first one we did, like Chingwin showed up, and Chingwin had these dancers, the Chingwin dancers, <laughs> who were all dressed in white. Uh, and then Chunk had his Chunk Posse, who were evil. They had black berets on and turtlenecks. Okay. Before the Big Lebowski came out, yes. So well before, before, like the nihilists that looked exactly that like that, right. And then they would like cheer us on. And then basically these costumes were so big and unwieldy, we would just bump into each other until Chunk fell over and his head (laughs) fell off. And then it was over. And then we would literally have a cube truck like race in out of nowhere. And we would get into the cube truck and disappear. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it would just like, you know, for the first one, maybe like 25, 50 people showed up. But then for the next five years, like it was the only thing I did. Yes. Was Chunk and Changwin. Matt built chickson who was half chicken half richard nixon Uh, okay he shot fireworks he had you know his hands were permanently in a peace sign sure and when he rose his hands up he would shoot fireworks out of his fingertips incredible we had a chabio who's half chicken half fabio oh boy and he drove around in a tiny (laughs) miniature convertible mercedes (laughs) of course he did uh he was just a star uh, and then there was Chubb, who was half chicken, half dove. I remember that. And that... That was a love triangle? That was a love triangle. Right. Chuv, Chunk was in love with Chubb, but Chubb loved Changwin. And Changwin and Chubb got married. That's the only one I went to. Oh, you
0: were at that? That's the only one I attended. You were at the wedding. That
1: was early. That was like 2004 or five. Yeah. And that one, I mean, by this time... Oh, there were hundreds of people. I mean, may, may, yeah, there was yeah maybe five 600 people. There were so many people. Because I, I
0: knew who you were. Yeah. But I, we were not friends at this point. And I went to this and was like, this is why you move to a city. Yes. Like, you feel called to certain cities if you're sort of an outsider or a weirdo. And, but I, it was like, oh, I'm in New York. I want to be around people that do this. And my cousin Eamon joined me. And we were, like, blown away. It was
1: like we found our crew. And I remember we, between, you know, Matt and I, we both had day jobs. And I calculated how much money we had spent on just doing these <laughs> oh events boy. once. Because we made, made no money from them. We were just was literally putting on these yeah. things. And there was huge costs. We both spent $25,000. <laughs> Over five years. Over years. five years. But also, when I went
0: to the... the so at the Chunk, Chove, and Chenguin, <laughs> uh it was that one of you were going to marry Chove, and then she picked the other one, right? Wasn't there a thing No, no, where... no.
1: It was supposed to be... It was, supposed to be, uh, it was their wedding, uh-huh. And, oh, that's right. So, right, exactly. You <laughs> really was there. Chunk, I really was you were, there. You really were there. So Chunk was kind of, like, forcing <laughs> Chubb to marry him, and she didn't want to. So, like, he was waiting at the altar. Ptolemy Slocum, who is in Westworld now, yeah. and amongst many other things, yeah. was, the, was the priest. <laughs> <laughs> he, and we did it at St. Mark's church. Uh, in the Lower East Side. And, shut down the road. Oh, yeah. Totally shut down the road. Yeah. And then Chang'un shows up. He asks, you know, Ptolemy says, like, is there anyone here who, who the thinks jerks? these people should not right. get? And then right. all of a sudden Chang'un dances up <laughs> and everyone starts, because everyone we knows Chang'un. Doing- yeah, Chang'un's pure love and Chunk is pure evil. <laughs> Um, this
0: is so. I can imagine people in like Sweden and <laughs> Saudi Arabia that listen to the podcast being like,
1: they just keep saying words that don't make <laughs> sense to me at all. But it was like a real drama. It was a real drama. We tried to make it dramatic. And then Changwin left with Chuv And then everyone, and then it was this yes. big celebration. Everyone followed them yes. down there. That was the time, surprisingly, that wasn't our biggest event. The last event, which was a big football game with a giant half ball, half egg. Um, that one was the biggest one. I think there was 2,000 people at that Amazing. One. This one was probably like close to 1,000 people. And that was the only time that we almost got arrested. Because really? it was post-9-11. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think it was our first event post-9-11. Wow. And we were going down... We're trying to get everyone into Tompkins Square Park just to get them off the street. Yeah, that makes sense. we had sense. like a thousand people following us. Oh, my God. Big marching band going down. <laughs> and then as Changwin is leading people, we're literally on the edge of the park. We're across the street from the park. We're about to get into the park. That's when the cops like surround Changwin. Oh, wow. And they're like, and Matt refused to get out of the costume because he was just, Matt, is, he was so dedicated yes. to this I, narrative. yes. They're like, this is Chang like, Yes. He's pure love. He can't be arrested by the police. Yes. And then everyone started chanting.
0: chanting. Right.
1: Uh, Wait, love is not a crime. Yes. Love is not a crime. I remember this. And it was like 500 people chanting love is not a crime. It was amazing. And these cops. And then finally the cops backed down. And then everyone went fucking ate yes. shit. And Changwon was allowed to go into the park, and then everyone went into the park, and then just had a dance party in the middle of the day. It was like a Sunday at like three p.m. That's it. It That's was a, it was the, it was one of the best days of my life. It's what I I think
0: all we can always do on this podcast, besides tell us your funny stories, uh, keep looking for the absurdity in the world, is like make silly things happen where you live. Even if you live in a town where you go, this town's boring. Nothing happens here. It doesn't take much to get people excited, and yep. sometimes just making a creative decision and going, "We're doing this, whether you like it or not." And you've always been great at this. I always treat it that way too, where I'm like, "This is happening," and I'm not like RSVP. I'm like, "This is happening." Yep. We encourage you guys, bananas around the world, do things. Don't destroy property. Don't hurt people. Be silly for silly's sake, but but do this. Create things. It's so satisfying, and years later, you will never ever regret it.
1: And all of the energy, time, and money that you put into it, you'll get back tenfold from other people's excitement at what you're doing. People want to be, people want to go out and do things, and also everything you're talking
0: about to your credit. I really do applaud you for doing this. This is pre-social media, and this is pre-Instagram and TikTok for sure. By decades, where you go. You guys were doing this to be funny so people would talk about it. This wasn't about getting the likes or the retweets or the grams. And I encourage you, too, if you do funny shit with your friends, sure, take some pics like a normal person, but do it for the love of being absurd. Don't worry about if anybody else gets it or likes it.
1: Agreed 100%, Scotty. God damn it. We did it again. We did it again.
0: Thank you, Bananimals. We love you guys. Keep your weird stories coming to thebananaspodcast at gmail.com, The Bananas phone, 213-214-7974.
1: That might be right. Uh, also, please rate and review. It still does very much matter. Uh, and also, thank you to Katie Levine for producing. Thank you to Exactly Right. And thank you to Lisa Maggid. That's it. First time. Lisa Maggid. right. Uh, our intern, Lisa Maggid. Uh, yeah. See you next time. I'll see ya. Bananas. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme song by Keihan and all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. So please follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post so many more stories and make it here. And you can share with us
0: your strange news story by DMing us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast. So
1: listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bananas!